Welcome to the podcast service of Sydney's FM 103.2. Available on the web at fm1032.com.au. Hello, I'm Kel Richards. Thanks for joining us on this Thursday night. Don't like Thursdays. I don't know about you. I think it's Thursday is like the like the, the the pits of the week. It is like the tail end of the week. You're so far away from last weekend that you've forgotten that you ever had a weekend, and you're getting tired because you're now four days into the week, and you know you can't even have tomorrow off because tomorrow's Friday. Don't like Thursdays. Hope your Thursday was okay. Tonight I'm going to stop talking about us. We like talking about us, don't we? What we like, what we dislike, what our life is like. Tonight we're going to turn our attention from us to a person who really matters an awful lot much, much more than us. Thanks for joining us. Nice to have your company. Our journey through life is not a journey that we take alone. We meet many others on our journey, and we often listen to their voices. We take their advice, follow their directions. On our journey towards God, there is no one we can meet more significant than Jesus. The name of Jesus would have to be one of the most famous names recorded in history. I would think almost certainly the most famous. But why? Just who is he? Well, in this part of our guide series, our guide to the journey of life, our guide in the journey towards God, we will examine the claims that Jesus made about himself. And we will discover that in the end there are only four possible judgments that we might make about those claims. That Jesus is either legend or liar or lunatic or Lord, as he claimed to be. What image do you have in your mind of Jesus? How do you think of him? As a good man? Great teacher? A religious leader? A revolutionary, perhaps? A faith healer? A martyr to his cause? Would you put him in the same category as Buddha, Muhammad and Confucius? Would you list him as one of the great figures of history alongside Julius Caesar, Napoleon, George Washington, Winston Churchill? The claim that Jesus made for himself was very simple. He claimed to be God. Now, none of the seven people I've just mentioned ever made such a claim for themselves, nor have their followers ever made it for them. That puts Jesus in a category of his own. 2,000 years ago, Jesus lived in the Middle East in a province of the Roman Empire called Judea. He was a Jew. In fact, his family was descended from the greatest of the ancient Jewish kings, King David. The Jewish people were strict monotheists. Monotheists, mono meaning one, theist meaning believer in God. So they were strict believers in one God. While the primitive pagan civilizations around them believed in many gods, they believed in the one true God. They revered the Creator, the Creator God, as the one and only true and living God. And Jesus, himself a Jew, came among these people claiming to be God. You can imagine the response. On one occasion, he healed a lame man on the Jewish holy day, the Sabbath, which is um, sunset Friday to sunset Saturday. And the authorities regarded this, this healing as work, which was forbidden on the Sabbath. And Jesus defended himself by saying to them, quote, My father is always at work to this very day, and I too am working. And this claim made the authorities very angry. The reason is that Jesus said, My father, not our father. And he equated God's work with his own work. Here's how the Bible describes their reaction. Quote, for this reason the Jews tried all the harder to kill him. Not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father and making himself equal with God. Those words are found in the New Testament part of the Bible in John chapter 5, sentence 18. 
Later, Jesus said to them even more bluntly, I and my Father are one. You'll find those words in John chapter 10, sentence 30. The reaction of the authorities and the religious lawyers was another outburst of anger. Quote, Again the Jews picked up stones to stone him, but Jesus said to them, I have shown you many great miracles from the Father, for which of these do you stone me? We are not stoning you for any of these, replied the Jews, but for blasphemy, because you, a mere man, claim to be God. I was reading from John chapter 10, verses 31 to 33. They were in no doubt at all about what Jesus was claiming. In fact, Jesus constantly spoke of himself as one in essence and nature with God. He bluntly said, if you knew me, you would know my father also. It's John chapter 8, sentence 19. He said, he who looks at me, he sees the one who sent me. That's John chapter 12, sentence 45. He said, he who hates me, hates my father as well. It's John chapter 15, sentence 23. His preferred title for himself was the son of man. And this title comes from the Old Testament part of the Bible, from the book of Daniel, chapter 7. It means the divine ruler of the world. His name, Jesus, is the Greek form of a Hebrew name, Jeshua or Joshua, and means God to the rescue. His title, Christ, is the Greek equivalent of the Hebrew title, Messiah, and it means anointed one. And anointed one in turn means high king or king of kings. In other words, Jesus claimed to be God himself, come in human form, the full nature and power of the Creator God focused in and through a human being to both rescue and rule the human race. And his first followers recognized what he was claiming and acknowledged Jesus as God, which is pretty remarkable when you consider that those first followers were also strict Jews. When those early followers worshipped him as God, Jesus accepted their worship as proper and appropriate. You'll find that in Matthew chapter 14, sentence 33. Indeed, he encouraged them to honour him as God. In John chapter 5, sentence 23. These followers were devout Jews who believed in the one and only Creator God. And yet, and yet, they recognised Jesus as that one true God. It's important to realise that in doing this, they were merely responding to the claim Jesus made for himself. Sometimes he made that claim directly, sometimes indirectly, but he made it and made it and made it. Well now, on one occasion a paralysed man was brought to Jesus to be healed. He responded, Jesus responded by saying to the man, your sins are forgiven. And some of the religious lawyers present thought to themselves, why does this fellow talk like this? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Jesus knew their thoughts and he said, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier? To say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, take up your mat and walk? Which is the easier thing to say? You'll find it all, by the way, in Mark chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. The question that Jesus put to them is an impossible challenge for those religious leaders. They know, because the Old Testament teaches, that God alone is able to forgive. Jesus wants them to understand that he exercises the power of God because he is God. And so he first forgives the man, then heals his paralysis in order to demonstrate his authority to forgive. Jesus claimed to be God. There are only four possible responses to such a claim. Jesus can be labelled a legend, a liar, a lunatic, or what he claimed to be Lord, meaning the creator God. First then, is Jesus a myth or a legend? Are the stories about him in the Bible fact or fiction? 
Were they made up by later generations as a total distortion of what Jesus really said and did? Well, we have the story of Jesus from eyewitnesses, or from those who consulted eyewitnesses. The sources are sound, the reports are accurate. Jesus was born some 2,000 years ago and lived a relatively short life. He was probably in his 30s when he died. Jesus travelled around Judea and some surrounding regions, teaching, healing and gathering a small band of followers starting approximately, probably around the year AD 28. He was executed by the Romans by crucifixion, the usual method of execution, in or around the year AD 33. The earliest records we have of Jesus are found in the New Testament in letters that his followers wrote to each other. And the earliest of these letters is one written by a man named Paul, writing from the Greek city of Corinth to a group of followers of Jesus in another Greek city, Thessalonica. Now this letter was probably written around around AD 50. That is some 17 years after Jesus died. In historical terms, 17 years is a very, very, very short period of time. My memory of things that happened 17 years ago is quite clear. And if I forget, I have lots of friends who were, like me, adults 17 years ago and who can also remember quite clearly. And that gives us reason to be confident that what we're dealing with here are facts, not fiction. For example, a a bit over 20 years ago, I was the anchorman on a national daily current affairs program on radio. Now, if I started making up things that happened on that program or made up stories about what happened behind the scenes to the production team, If I just made up the stories, there'd be lots of people who'd be leaping up to correct me, call me a liar. The New Testament contains a number of letters by this bloke, Paul, that I mentioned, plus letters from other people who knew Jesus. They are the earliest documents about Jesus, and they tell us a lot about him. These very early letters tell us that Jesus was a Jew and a descendant of Abraham and King David, that he was born and lived in poverty, that he had a brother named James, that he was gentle and humble, that his public work was mainly among Jews, that he washed the feet of his followers, that he was unjustly and cruelly treated by the authorities, that he was put on trial before the local Roman governor Pontius Pilate, that he was executed, that he came back from the dead and was seen alive by many of his early followers, sometimes alone and sometimes in groups. That's not bad for a top ten of facts about Jesus, written and distributed widely, only a relatively short time after his life and death a time when any errors or misrepresentations could be corrected by a host of eyewitnesses still around, both friends and enemies. What Jesus said and did and what happened to him was public knowledge in Judea in those days. Then there are four short biographies of Jesus, named after their four human co-authors, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. These are called Gospels. The word Gospel just means good news. They were written after the letters, and they were written by eyewitnesses or based on the reports of eyewitnesses, and everything in those four Gospels or biographies matches perfectly with what is written in those very early letters. It all fits together. The letters and the Gospels confirm each other. When we look at the Jesus of the Bible, we are treading on the solid ground of history. Well now, we've obviously just begun to tell the story of Jesus. 
we've talked about the fact that we've got the information, we have the historical information, this is reality, this is not myth, this is not legend. All right, we need to go on from there and look at the other possibilities and other facts and and things about Jesus' life. We'll do that tomorrow night over the next few nights. If you want to know more about Jesus, keep listening. If you've got a friend who wants to know more, encourage them to listen as well. Here's our thought for the night. It comes from John chapter 12, verses 44 to 46. Jesus said, Everyone who has faith in me also has faith in the one who sent me. And everyone who has seen me has seen the one who sent me. I am the light that has come into the world. Until tomorrow night at this time, thanks for your company. I'm Kel Richards. Bye for now. We hope you enjoyed this FM 103.2 podcast. To listen to more great audio, visit fm1032.com.au.